Welcome back to I'm Trying the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feigels, coming at you with yet another solo episode. I'm feeling these solo episodes lately. They are very therapeutic for me. I'm hoping they're helping any of you listening. And I've just been feeling the inspiration for them, and so I'm just following that. I'm going with it. There are always going to be some guest interviews here and there. There's lots to listen back to. But if you're an OG or if this is your first episode you're tuning into, just know we're living the solo life right now, figuratively and for this podcast. I am very single right now and that's more than okay, but that's a conversation for another day. (laughs) But anyway, I wanted to come on today to talk about something that's been very real, very present for me lately. I mean, honestly, it has been for a long, long time, but I feel like it's It's present for me lately in a new way and that I feel as though I'm finally working through it. You know when you have a struggle or an issue and it's it's with you for months, years, however long, but then there comes to be a time when you're still struggling, the issue's still there, but you can tell it's the beginning of a shift, right? And it might not be the the shift that takes away that struggle forever, but it's like you're you're growing in a new way or you're overcoming it in one more new step. I don't know if that makes any sense, but when it comes to my struggles, my history with body image, body dysmorphia, exercise addiction, and just really letting my self-worth and life be determined by the shape of my body, I mean, I've struggled with it since I was 10 years old. I'm now 22, I'll be 23 soon enough, but still, that's 12 years And I've had shifts over the years, right? Better, and then when they sort of degressed again, and then they got better. And I've made little baby steps along the way, and that's part of the healing, that's part of the growing process. And it just feels like currently I'm in another one of those sort of healing, growing processes, right? I'm I'm actually taking that next step into hopefully someday being much more free from the burden that is body dysmorphia and just low self-worth because of it. I feel as though lately I'm turning this corner when it comes to my relationship between my body, my self-worth, and in that exercise slash movement. Now I could go to a couple different directions with this but I think I'll start with the one that's more tangible and probably more relatable to a lot of us is a relationship to exercise or movement and how that can almost be determined by how we're feeling in our body. A lot of my body image struggles started because I wasn't happy with how I looked. I had societal pressures, diet culture, magazines, social media, all of it flooding my brain as a child, as a 10, 11 year old, telling me that my body should look like XYZ, I should look like XYZ, and if I did, I'd be happy. I'd have a, f- a partner, you know, I, I'd fall in love, I'd, I'd be successful, everyone would love me, whatever, right? It, it gives that illusion that life will be so much better. And so that was part of the beginning of my eating disorder journey, which if you've listened to the show before, I've shared quite a few times. Anyway, so as those progressed in those early years, I really did fall into the term and what's coined as exercise addiction. And Maybe you're new to that term, maybe you're not, but I know the first time I heard it, I thought, I kind of scoffed. I was like, that's ridiculous. 
who the fuck is addicted to exercise, right? Like, no, if anything, people need to exercise more and it's so good for you and blah, blah, blah. Yes, exercise, moving your body, working your body is good for you. But just as with everything in life, too much is not good for you. Too much water can kill you. Too much air can kill you. And yet look at how critical in quote-unquote good for you water and air are, correct? Right? Eh? And so it makes sense that of course there could be an exercise addiction. Of course there can be a surplus of this exercise mindset. And what what usually happens is that when you're in an exercise addiction state or exercise obsessed, it is because your intention is not aligned with your life, right? It's not aligned with you. Because if it was, you wouldn't feel the need to be addicted. You wouldn't feel the need to entertain that activity. You wouldn't feel the need to be so obsessed and addicted with it. Same could go for alcohol, drugs, food, porn, sex, um, cleaning. I know cleaning's not an addiction. I mean, maybe it is. Any sort of addiction that there is, right? It's stemming when there is unease in the body or mind, when intentions are not aligned, when something's just not right, right? You know, something's off kilter. And so if you feel as though, well, I, I, I don't know, I guess maybe I'll take it even back a step there, right? So for me, how I fell into exercise addiction and that exercise obsessive mindset was because nothing was ever good enough. My body was never good enough. I was never losing enough weight. I was never gaining enough muscle. I was never happy with how I was looking, no matter how much I did, no matter how many times I worked out, no matter how long, how I sweated, however many types of different workouts I tried. And it's because my intention wasn't to move my body to feel good. It wasn't to be functional and have balance and be stable in my body. I wasn't working out to live life I was essentially living life to work out and to monitor my food and to just change and try to control my body and how that has changed over the years is that I've slowly shifted my perspective to leave that behind and understand that why I work out now and why I move my body now is to sustain life right it's to keep my body feeling well and to be able to do daily tasks and functions to not be out of breath by walking up the three flights of stairs to my apartment multiple times a day to not be overly fatigued and tired with a long work day to be able to lift heavy things and carry my groceries and be more independent and just show up right as a more fully embodied version of myself and it's also used to help me with my balance and to be flexible and limber and move through life with more ease and grace and just to feel light and I don't know just to feel alive in my body and to help with my mental health as well and that's like a whole other part of it right and so it's it's the shift to feeling as though exercise and working out is this pressure of something you have to do and you become obsessed and if you miss a day or you don't go as long or something interrupts your workout you start to spiral right and it's because you've placed so much pressure on it because it's it's not about just moving your body in that moment it's about something more right you've you've tied an external 
value onto this workout and this exercise that might not be fully aligned with where you're at in life right now versus switching to this more gentle, intuitive approach of choosing every day to move your body, choosing movement as your term versus exercise or workout because you know that by moving your body in some way, in any way, you'll feel better and it will benefit you in some way physically, mentally, and probably emotionally too, making it less of a chore, less of this pressure, obsession, addiction, and more as an addition to your day, something that adds to your day, adds to your life, it adds to your livelihood versus taking away. And what has been so beautiful about shifting this mindset is not only is it better for my body, I'm no longer running myself into the ground doing insane hit, insane cardio, or even being obsessive about how much weight I'm lifting or how many yoga classes I do or how much I sweat. Instead of focusing on any of those factors that all ultimately had to do with trying to change my body or look a certain way, since, since starting to, right, I still, I still get those thoughts. Don't get me wrong. I'm not up here preaching to y'all. I'm here saying that I still get those things, but they are no longer the on the forefront of my mind they are no longer my default way of thinking they'll still sneak in and that's what I was referring to in the beginning of these are some things I've been struggling with again but I think it's because I'm working through them truly but over the last few years I've been slowly making this shift so that my mindset around movement is now one of adding to my life making my body feel well versus tying and correlating it to external factors, to diet culture, to social media, to these insane standards that I would set myself to, right? And I know there's always the counter of, you know, well, my workouts and my exercise are also for my mental health and, you know, I have to do it this way and I have to do this routine and I I like working out for hours a day because of XYZ and for my mental health. And while that's perfectly fine, if, if that's what you believe, if that's what you feel, and I do think there are people that maybe that's partially true, your personal trainer, whatever it is, like you're able to accommodate that sort of livelihood. But I think it, there also could be room to pause and to think there. I used to say that same thing, that little spiel I just gave, I used to say the same thing. I was like, well, I work out this way. I do these exercises for X amount of times, X amount of times a week, X amount of hours, Blah, blah, blah. I, had, I had all my standards set and I was like, I do that because of my mental health as well as my physical health. And while that is, once again, can be true, it can also get to the point where that intention, that initial intent, intention of I'm working out to feel good and support my mental health gets overshadowed by the pressure of diet culture. Because do you truly need to have an insanely regimented routine workout for 45 minutes to an hour to an hour plus, five to six days a week, very specific types of workouts. You get upset if you miss. You get upset if something goes wrong during your workout. Like, do you really need that rigidity to care for your mind? Or could that same mental wellness, well, mental care routine that we find through physical exertion, through movement, could that be obtained by doing half of those workouts and choosing instead to move your body in different ways throughout the week as well, right? Having flexibility in your routine 
being able to move your body in different ways that might not yield the most dramatic physical results, but they're still stimulating and caring for that mental wellness part of your life. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I hope I sort of explained that properly, but this is also, these are just thoughts I've had in my head in the past few days, weeks. And this is my first time really talking them aloud, so hopefully it's coming out clearly. But I think it just goes to question and just overall raise awareness of why are we so obsessed with such specific regimented exercise and workout regimens if the true intention is, I want to be healthy, I want to be happy. Because health and happiness doesn't only come from workouts and exercises. It comes from so many other parts. But I think we, we get into these murky waters of diet culture, hidden thoughts of what we actually want our body to look like or, or what we wish we looked like, wanting to lose weight, to tone up, to do XYZ, to have visible abs, like all of these standards that just flow all over the place. I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to probably find a person that hasn't felt the pressure of these diet culture, social, in, you know, influenced pressures at some point in their life and so it just it just goes to question you know what is your relationship to movement what is your relationship to what you might deem as your exercise or workouts and what is your relationship to your body in correlation to that because that's where I know it got tricky for me I know that's where it got just into the murky waters once again of I, I so deeply let my body image, body dysmorphia, fuel my obsession, addiction, exercise habits. And so if I was having a bad body image day and I felt very uncomfortable with how I looked or even maybe how I thought I felt in my body, I would think that the, the best solution for that was to push myself in the gym because the solution to liking how I look and feeling better in my body is to be thinner, to be smaller, to essentially like diminish myself, right? But that's not how we think of it. (laughs) We just think of it as we just almost, it's just almost like a hardwired pathway in our brain of bad body image, cool. Let's either restrict and diet or needlessly work out. And we're not even thinking of the true intention of that as like, oh, wow, my brain is like automatically going to those responses, those triggers, because in like the subconscious part of my brain, I'm thinking the solution is I need to, I want to be smaller. I want to be thinner. I want to like how I look in my body. I want to feel better in my body. But once again, is that the true solution? If I'm having a rough work week, rough few days at work, and I'm exhausted, sure, movement might help me feel better, but it doesn't have to be an extreme workout. The reason I'm choosing that extreme workout is because I'm thinking, is because I'm letting my poor body image or my thoughts think, oh, that's the solution, versus actually taking time to think, oh, maybe yoga or walking or just cleaning my apartment with some good music and dancing around which are all still forms of movement that are good for us mentally, physically, and emotionally, maybe that would be better suited for this time. And so it just comes down at the end of the day to 
really questioning and thinking about what is the intention behind this exercise or workout. Because if it's truly to move your body for wellness, movement is so much more than what diet culture and the world of social media tries to shove down our throat. It's so much more than just insane workouts and exercises and being part of the Pilates group or the weightlifting group or the cardio group or the HIIT group. It's, it's living life with the freedom and flexibility to choose the movement day by day that supports your overall wellness. And I'm not saying you always have to enjoy it. There are going to be times when we move our body and we don't initially want to, right? Even days when going for a walk seems like a lot. But then you start walking and you're like, fuck, this is amazing. I feel so much better. Or maybe you start walking and you're like, this still sucks. I'm still upset. I'm still depressed. I'm still tired. But at least I'm moving my body. And it can't be, con- you know, it can't be contested. Like walking is so amazing for us in so many ways. And it's gentle. And it's not spiking your cortisol. And it's not draining your energy, right? It's adding. It's adding to your life. It's not depriving. It's not taking away. And so it's not about just being toxically positive and enjoying every single time you move your body and being so hyped for it. No, 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 no. It's just about losing the obsession, the addiction, the pressure, and having flexibility and giving yourself the opportunity to explore different movement options and to honor your body's actual needs of that day or week, whatever it might be. And I will say what's actually funny, right, is that this past week, I, I started to engage in some types of movement I haven't done in a while. I played tennis with a friend, and then a few nights later, I went to play soccer with a few of my friends here. And I played soccer since I was five years old, through elementary school, middle school, skipped a year or two, and then was on the high school team. And in high school was when I really, really got into it, you know, really got into the spirit of the sport and wanted to, wanted to be so good at it. I wanted to be on the starting and I was, you know, I was a starter and granted it was a small team, so I didn't have to do much, but still I, it was the first time where I really took it to that competitive edge that most high school sports take on, you know? And what's wild is that I just sometimes forget about playing soccer during those years. But when I went to play with my friends the other night, it was the first time I've played in probably four or five years since I graduated high school. And the friends I I was playing with were quite good. They played competitively all their, like, you know, young life. And they still had a lot of the skills and were playing. And I just find myself literally spiraling. I'm here for a fun night of soccer with friends. They're not taking it too, too seriously either. But I am getting so in my head. I'm spiraling so badly because I just, I'm like, whoa, my body, I, I, me, my body, everything about me feels so different now trying to play soccer compared to then. And I find myself start spiraling of like, oh my gosh, I just feel, I feel so heavy and I feel so slow and sluggish and I'm not quick on my feet and I'm breathing so hard and I'm exhausted. And it was just sort of this, I heard this little voice in the back of my head just 
comparing myself to those years, literally years ago, when I was younger and in high school playing soccer. And it was almost as though it was testament to the the voices that still haunt me with my body dysmorphia, right? It was like this moment was confirming my my fears and my body dysmorphia that I I've gained weight and I've gotten bigger and I've slow down and I'm not as athletic and fit as I used to be and I just I don't know it just it really put a shadow over me for the entire night to the point where I I started to opt out of playing with them and I was like oh I'll just fetch the balls for you guys so every time they kicked the balls far I would go chase after it and they of course tried to get me back involved and they were like Emily come shoot Emily come do this blah 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 but I guys I was just I was spiraling it was horrible I it was just I enjoyed the night, but I was like so upset that I was having such a mental, emotional phenomenon inside, all because of body image, body dysmorphia, and just the still struggle that I have with correlating my body to movement, right? So then the next day, <laughs> good old Google Photos or whatever, whichever app it is that will bring up memories from three, four, five, six years ago. And I will say, usually these memories, the ones they choose to show me are not that great. And they usually spark some sort of trigger or just bad memory of life. I'm like, why the fuck do y'all have to be doing this to me? But this one, the day after playing soccer, it brought up a memory. And it was a photo of me with my two little cousins, literally probably probably five years ago because it was my senior year of high school. I was on the homecoming court, which is in the homecoming is something we do in the fall during soccer season. So I was a senior. I was, you know, starter on the soccer team. I was on homecoming court doing, you know, I had good grades. I was just, I was on a good path. But in this photo, I am so, 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 like I can now see deep in still disordered eating and exercise addiction and this photo just looking at myself then and not even recognizing myself made me remember what life was actually like during that time and I started to remember how that year I was so I I felt so out of body like I I was pushing myself so hard training for soccer if practice didn't feel like it was enough that day, I would go home and train more. I was pushing myself just to my absolute limits. I was also training to be a lifeguard, so I was swimming like every day. I was exercising just about every day, running miles upon miles. At the one point during that season, I got a really bad sprain in my ankle. Maybe it was more, I don't know. It was like bad though. It was so swollen. I had to sit out of like a game or two and I was supposed to be out of practice as well. But I was so, I just knew I couldn't, I had the mindset, I couldn't sit still. I can't miss these days of exercise. And so guys, I was literally running on my sprained, severely sprained, maybe injured more ankle, nearly crying, but running on it until I just, it kind of went numb day after day because I, I still had to work out. I couldn't let an injury put me out and I know so many athletes that actually get severe injuries and can't push themselves in that way I know the spiral that I've heard of the spiral that you all have gone through 
And I can't imagine if I would have gone through that back then. I think it would have been really horrible for my mental health just because I was so integrated and obsessed with diet culture and eating disorder and just keeping my body a certain way. But I'm rambling a bit here. But anyway, (laughs) I see this photo and I was like, wow, wait. Last night, you know, the night I'm playing soccer, I was comparing my body now to what I was back then in high school playing soccer and spiraling because of it. And now, the next day, I see this photo of myself back in that time when I was playing soccer and I was a senior in high school and I I felt so fit and lean and athletic. And I see this photo of myself and all I see is a girl that was feeling so broken, so depressed all the time, so tired, no energy, didn't feel connected to literally anybody, any of her friends that great, was struggling with school, was struggling with life, absolutely addicted to exercise, restricting and binging. I had horrible stomach problems. I would like almost throw up during games, bad acid reflex. I couldn't sleep. My hair was falling out. It was also when I found out, or I didn't know it, but I was struggling with chronic hep C. Like I was a fucking wreck, guys. And yet in the blink of an eye, I forgot all of that. Instead, heard the voice of the body dysmorphia and the still lingering aspects of disordered eating in my mind, telling me present day 2022 that I am not enough, that I should be smaller, I should be thinner, I should be like I was back then. Like, how wild is that? How absolutely wild is that? And it just really, I don't know, kicked me in the ass, gave me some perspective of how much longer will I let this this disease of the mind haunt me? Like I said in the beginning, it's been 12 years since these struggles first entered my life. And yes, I've made so much growth, so much progression. I'm a whole new person now. But still, to have these things still linger, to still be able to have them swoop in, take me off my feet, and just send me spiraling to the day, I just, I'm done. I don't want that. I, I won't stand for it. And while I know that me saying that isn't going to fix it, I can't just flip a switch and be done, I, I can remember this and apply this every time those struggles come up and I have that decision to make. I've talked about this with so many guests in so many solo episodes, but when you are in recovery from disordered eating, exercise addiction, other phenomenas. Those are just the two I have, you know, familiarity with. When you are in recovery, recovery is making the decision time after time after time to move forward and not backward. It's not about taking a magic pill that's a mindset shift or a therapy practice or like it's no one thing is recovery. Recovery is the day by day, week by week, time by time practice of choosing forward action versus backward. It's choosing the the path towards growth and recovery and oftentimes isn't feeling all that comfortable to make 
versus staying stuck or going back in the habits and cycles that we have grown so comfortable with. And part of recovery is that it is a roller coaster. So you have times where you make that forward leap, that forward step, and you do choose forward momentum. And then you have days in which you just don't have the strength for it. And in that moment, in that moment of decision, you succumb to the past and you let that restrictive habit, the binge habit, the exercise habit, the body checking, whatever habit it is, you let that habit happen. And what's important is that in that moment, you don't beat yourself up and you don't get too comfortable in it either. You need to acknowledge the fact that, wow, I just had a decision to make. I could have chose forward progression with recovery. Instead, I chose to engage in this habit, behavior, moment that feeds you know, into the disordered eating or the exercise addiction or whatever it is. You need to acknowledge that you made that choice and you need to not beat yourself up about it, but you need to acknowledge it. And you need to raise awareness so that the next time that choice, that moment happens, you think of that awareness. And every time you do that, you're building another centimeter of awareness in your brain. And you're building this, what will eventually be bridge between present you, past you, and future you. So centimeter by centimeter, moment by moment, awareness by awareness, you create this bridge. And with that bridge, you have the, you have the choice to move forward or to turn back. And the same thing goes with this entire phenomena. Every time I listen to my body in the choice that it wants for movement, every time that I hear the voice saying that I should work out more or that I ate too much and should go do XYZ or that I don't do enough cardio or whatever it is, whatever I hear of those voices, every time I choose to acknowledge it and move forward, I am recovering. I am progressing. I am growing. I am healing. And there are still days in which I choose to go backward, in which I choose to stay in a habit or a cycle or a moment that feels comfortable. But every time I do, I, I raise that awareness and I tell myself, Emily, next time, let's not do this. And maybe the next time, I still do it again. <laughs> then I say, Emily, now the next time, we're not doing this. We're choosing to go forward instead. And I do this time after time. And guys, that's part of, that's part of the recovery process. It is you have to be relentless. You have to have patience, compassion, awareness. But you can do it. Any of us can do it. It just, it takes time. And it is one of the most... It's just such a journey of self-discovery along the way and growth. And I truly think it's in the end, it's obviously a horrible thing to go through, but in the end, you are such an evolved person because of it. Like this, this mental chess game, this back and forth, this roller coaster that those of us who have a struggle deal with, I mean, everybody has a struggle, but if you're going through disordered eating, or exercise addiction, or body dysmorphia, or depression, or anxiety, right? Which so many of us, unfortunately, are. Working through that shit? Like, dang, that's, that's the new world of evolution. Before we evolved as species, as bodies, and we still are, but like, 
the mental evolution happening, the emotional, spiritual evolution that is working through a struggle that is growing and accepting change and healing, I mean, it's wild. Like, the more you think about it, it's just, it's insane. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at with things. I guess there's not really a clean wrap-up to this episode besides saying that I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying every day, guys. Some days are easier than others. Some days are much, much harder than others. Some days I don't think I'll ever do it. I'll ever be free or recovered. And then other days I so clearly see the growth and healing that has already happened and I know I can do it. And it's just testament once again to the flow and ebb of life, the ebb and flow of life, whichever way you want to say it, the roller coaster that is recovery and just life in general. It's the beautiful chaos of it all. It's it's life. And so I'm right there with you if you're going through any of this or if you are supporting someone that's going through any of this. And just know I'm always here if you want to chat or connect. I'd also love if you have any thoughts about this episode. Maybe I said something and you're like, that's actually not, I don't think I think that way. Or if you have a way to, like if you want to, if you have another thought that kind of like challenges something I said, I'd love to hear that. That's part of why I love having guests on the show is because you say something and they're like, well, yeah, I agree, but also, and you just build from there. So I would love to hear if you have any thoughts or opinions on this topic as well. I'm on Instagram at Emily Feichels and at I'm Trying Podcast. I just so appreciate you all tuning in week after week, maybe every now and then, however it is. Uh, Any little bit of listening, sharing, support goes a long way. And yeah, I'll wrap it up there. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.